Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back after a two-week hiatus. We are in the stew with a full crew. Excited to be here. Monsieur Mangus, live from the nation's capital. Back at it for another session. This is episode 12, the Masters Preview, breaking down everything that you need to know for one of the greatest sporting events of all time. With a great special guest here to join us tonight, let's go ahead and introduce the crew. Kicking it off for us here on the East Coast, which is a rare occurrence, Harrison Grimes. How we doing, kid? Uh, we're good. It's not that rare of a occurrence anymore. I feel like I'm back East like, you know, at least once a month at this point. I just never see you, Gardner. Let's keep, you're just let's stuck keep it down in way. D.C. all the time. Yeah, man. It's that grind, yeah. you know? Well, we'll, we'll hopefully change that soon. Uh, next up, coming to us live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing? It is good to be back after a little hiatus. Had some logistics to figure out between the three of us, but I'm, I'm glad we're all back here. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, live update. Hopefully we uh, will have him, but maybe we won't. So with that being said, fuck you, Brent. Uh, to introduce our special guest for the night, it's an absolute honor to be introducing a dear friend of ours. Second time guest on the show. Man, two years in the running. Mr. Brian Thomas Keeley, a.k.a. B.T. Keels. How we doing, brother? How are you? It's, it's, it's an honor. Brian. It's an honor. Pleasure yeah, to have you, Brian. Nice to see you, what too, a, What an intro. It's truly, How, how are truly things? Come on. Let's let the people things, know how you're doing. Things are great. You know, we're recording late at night here on the East Coast. A little tired, not going to lie, but we'll pull through. We'll All right. Well, let's go ahead and just get right into it. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason we're here, and the reason our special friend, and I emphasize special, uh, is here with us tonight, is to talk a little bit about the Masters. Masters Week is coming up. You've probably seen our post, plus Rory's hot wife. I looked it up, confirmed it. It is, so we're good, good. on that. Good, good job, job Rory. Um, Love that. Good. Yeah, all right, good. Um, so let's go ahead and just kick it off. 2019 Masters are here featuring Brian Keeley. He's here to give us everything from last year's recap uh, to what you should expect for this year and some Vegas odds. So let's hear it, kid. All right, so... Masters Week isn't coming up. I just have to correct you. Masters Week is here, first off. Yes. Okay, so let's get that correct. All right, um, come correct. Yeah, I come correct. But, <laughs> all right, so last year, the probably the biggest loser next to Bubba on tour won, uh, Mr. Patrick Reed. Um, so, yeah, thank God that's not going to happen this year because he couldn't be colder. Uh, but the dinner for his uh, his champion's dinner was delicious. I just have to say that. But, what was, uh, what was every, this champion's everyone dinner? Everyone was hating on the mac and cheese. I thought the mac and cheese was like the best part. No, mac and cheese. You got to keep it southern. You had like bone-in ribeye. Like he was good to go. He kept it classic. I mean, wow. he's a fucking clown. Let's be honest. The guy couldn't be the <laughs> – he's probably the most hated player on tour. I bet half the guys don't even show up for the dinner just to spite him. <laughs> it's like – 
<laughs> I don't want your fucking ribs. Get out of here. Fuck you. You're fat and your well, wife's crazy. To, to, to be fair, he did kind of stick it to Rory last year, and and he pulled away on Sunday. So good job, Patrick. Yeah, but what he did in the Ryder um, Cup is unforgivable, and and I will never forget. No, he'll never be a, a, t- a teammate. He's not a team player, clearly. But, um, oh, yeah. So tomorrow. much for being Captain America there, Patty boy, huh? <laughs> but did, did did the 2018 Masters put a little tingle in your pants and get you aroused, or were you just not at all phased? No, no. It was definitely a good tournament. Um, Patrick down the stretch, though, I mean, he was nails. Like, yeah. I think it was just – it was his – it was his tournament to lose. I think the biggest thing to talk about from that, though, other than Spieth just lighting it up, almost shooting 62 on Sunday, was uh, was Ricky, his backdoor second place. I hated it. I hated, abs- I hated everything about it. I like Rick. I want him to win a major. I think he could win a major, but I'm sick of all the talk about him. Winning all the, you know, he should win. He should be there. But... He hasn't done it, and I think this girlfriend's going to be a problem. Fiance is going to be a problem. It's just a distraction in his life. He doesn't need it. All right. Well, let's let's cut to the chase here. Yeah. Speaking of girls being a distraction, what's Tiger going to do this weekend? No, is, Tiger. Is he going to pull it off? No, nah, Tiger will be middle of the pack. Last year he came up with a bang. Yeah, but he still finished Coming T32 into last year. last year. No, but coming into the Masters, he was hot. Oh yeah, yeah. Then. He did not play well at the Masters, and then he had a good rest of the season. But this year, he played okay. He played pretty good at the players for a little bit there. But other than that, yeah, I mean, just kind of been middling around. He's, he, you know, not doing much. So if Tigre sitting in the middle of the pack, who are you liking going into this year's? Tournament? All right, I like three people, and it's. Rory, because he can complete the career Grand Slam. Even though everyone's talking about him, so most likely he probably won't win. But I do like Rory. He's the favorite in the odds. Another one who was – the other two are a little bit of sleepers. I like Mark Leishman. He played well here about two years ago. Uh, and then he got hurt with some, some tough weather conditions. Uh, the other person I like who is in all of my picks is Kevin Kisner. He's a good driver of the ball, great with a short game, excellent putter. I mean, there's trouble everywhere on this course, but, I mean, you just have to really pick your spots. Mm-hmm. That's what the biggest thing about it is, is finding your spots. And Kiz, with his straight driving and good iron play, I mean, he'll be right there. I think he easily could be – I think he easily could win. He doesn't have the power that all the others have. He probably is, what, driving driving average is probably around like 280 to 290 in that range, but same distance that Jordan hits it. So yeah. I don't see why he couldn't be there. One one guy I think a lot of people have circled on their, you know, their, their potential list is Tommy Fleetwood, uh, who has been playing pretty lights out golf for the last, you know, four or five months. And he's he, he's looking to make that you know that final push and something that's going to get him into the. I, I don't think he's top ten yet. I think he's sitting around like eleven or twelve in the rankings. Um, but but another strong showing this weekend could solidify him in that top spot uh, for quite some time to come. 
and I just I, I love his hair. I don't I don't know how much that plays into the game, but he's got great hair, uh, great mustache, and I think that's very important in a Masters champion. So um, I'm pulling for Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, also, my only, great, my only great problem name. with Tommy is that he just hasn't won on the PGA Tour, and and for his first win to come at Augusta is slim to none, and and his biggest problem is. I've been watching him a lot. I love Tommy Fleetwood. Don't get me wrong. Um, one one big problem is that action. on weekends he tends to blow up. You know, Thursday, Friday, the guy's a birdie machine. Doesn't you know? Doesn't make any bogeys. He has these like super clean rounds. Come the weekend, it gets very very choppy. And the one thing that if that I see every single week, even you know whether he's playing well or not, is that he starts yanking the ball and he starts he starts just pulling everything left. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's just not going to fly. You know, you, you, have to, you have to put together four very, very solid rounds to, to win it all. Obviously, that's not any sort of, you know, that's not any sort of mystery. Um, but that's what I see whenever I see him is, is he just pulls things left. And I think that's probably going to happen again this week, especially with all the pressure of it being the Masters. And, you know, that's what, that's, that's yeah, what I'm going sure. with. I, I just, I don't know if I love, if I love Tommy this week. Um, I know you guys already touched on him, I think, uh, but weekend blow-ups, that, be- oh. that crown belongs to Ricky oh. Fowler. Hey. The guy just cannot avoid the big score. Um, so just wanted to touch on that. Sorry for being late, guys. Um, no, that's not, not good to say on the podcast, but I'm here. Let's do it. Welcome. Wait, hey, man. Shakes. Safe, safe Jake, did you hate? did you hate that Ricky had a backdoor second last year? No, of course not. <clears throat> Of course not, but but I mean I mean it, it's it's just a golf course that rewards consistency, you know. And I I will say you know you're talking about his misses left, uh, his being Tommy Fleetwood. But uh, the one thing he does have going for him is that Augusta for a right-handed golfer is built for the draw. Um, of course, for a left-handed golfer, you know, um, going back to Bubba Watson, he hits the big slice, so it's sort of plays to him too. But I will say that the one thing about Tommy's game that that fits this golf course is the, the fact that he, he shapes the ball from right to left. So um, if he does have anything going for him, it's that. But, but yeah, I mean, like you said, Harry, until, until he puts together a win on a big stage, not the European Tour, sorry, you know, I know that's, that's a big deal on its own right, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is tough to, to expect someone's first win on American soil, uh, especially first big win, to, you know, to come at the, the most pressure-packed tournament that there is, really. What about um, what about Brooks Koepka? Um, of course, uh, he's he's got. I mean, the dude, the dude's a, a major, like, and every single major, the guy just shows yeah, up. Yeah, and and he has that attitude, you know, that a big part. Yeah. You know, whether you whether anyone wants to admit it or not, you know, some sometimes you can point the other way. You know, there there are the Zach Johnsons of the world, but but he's a grinder. You know, that I think that swagger, that attitude, knowing that you can you can bomb a golf course. Um, you know, a lot like kind of any sport, when when you get going and you get that mentality, which Brooks Kepka obviously has, um, you know, if he gets out, of course he can win. You know, it's just at this point we're just we'll, – we'll have to wait and see what happens so, when they tee it up on Thursday. So there's a couple interesting things that I, that I think are worth noting because I think Kepka is a good guy to, to toss a little bit of money on. I wouldn't, you know, put all my eggs in one basket on him. But in – his three Masters appearances, he's finished T33, T21, and T11. So 
trending up. First off, that's pretty good trending in my in my you know you know we're all that's up that's trending. upward trending. The bad part to it though, and this is through some intense research I've been doing um, for this upcoming tournament, is that since November yeah. the guy's lost twenty four pounds and he's lost ten to twelve yards in, in, in distance. Yo, but no, report came out this week that he's stacking it back up. He did that for the body issue for ESPN. Also, oh, really? um, I will say, uh, you know, yeah, not to get was... too in-depth here, but you don't hit the ball as far in the winter months, my man. So that's that's not a huge surprise. Um, but still, you know, that, he he is a guy, of course. He, I, th- I feel like he's he's sort of an anomaly in the sense that he is all the way down here at 25 to 1. But I mean, those. If I'm a betting person, I love Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka, twenty-five to one, just because he honestly could step out on Thursday and dominate the tournament from start to finish. You know, like he, I will. Mm-hmm. Any odds at that level or worse, he's probably the only player I would say has that ability to step up and and take the golf tournament from hole one all the way to hole seventy-two. Yeah, I see Brian's raising his hand here. All right, so we're talking odds. All right. There's one guy who's been getting terrible press all year, but I do not say Matt Kuchar. I wouldn't. Say, God damn it! I I won't. I won't say I love him. I thought. I thought that whole thing in Mexico was terrible, but Kuchar at four thousand one, forty one, whatever, forty to one odds, dude. I like it too. He's, if he's you look like, at Kuchar's numbers, this dude is always in play I mean, on he's, Sunday. I don't Always think he's finished yeah. outside the top it. 10 like, this year. Yeah, and he's on fire. Yeah, he's on fire this year. But the year that I believe maybe Adam Scott won it, he was in a, he was in a run. He was on like he was like T3. And he had an ace on uh what was it? 15, 16. 16. 16. I'm glad you brought up Kucher cuz Grimes, I don't know why you're all all mad about him. I was about to I ask love these why odds. Grimes I disagrees. love these odds considering how much Kucher's a guy that's like been out there week in and week out, and looking at his last like ten tournaments, aside from the Mexico Championship, he's been top twenty five or twenty eight or better in all of these tournaments. So I mean, he's a guy underdog. They are great odds. They're great odds, no doubt about it. But when when you look at the the twelve players we have listed here, the thing I don't like about Kucher is that is that there there are at least twelve golfers better, more powerful streakier all all yep. of those things than him. Yeah, he he is you know if if I were betting on someone to finish top 10, I'd probably bet the fucking farm on Matt Kuchar, but if I'm betting on someone to win, it it's just not that guy, you know. Yeah. No, I agree. I, do, I mean, all right, I'll I'll get it off my chest. The whole the whole Mexico thing where he stiffed his caddy. I mean, granted, I think he still paid the guy like $4,000. 5 grand. Like 5 grand. 5, he ended up paying him 100. A hundred grand, but he tried to he tried to cover it up with like fifteen or like twenty five or something. Well, like so that he ended up paying him more because the oh because yeah yeah, the guy yeah, was yeah. Like, If you if you didn't yeah. know that yeah and there were hugged. two halves of the story. He you know he went down to Mexico. He paid a guy five thousand American dollars, a local caddy you know at this golf course, um, which which Where by the way to get the like full story straight, this isn't the episode. <laughs> it's not about this tournament in Mexico. He had agreed on the fee. Before the tournament, I'm going to pay you five grand. It turns out he won, and he won a million bucks. So five grand looked like a, a shitty thing to do, which it was. 
but he ended up making it right after <laughs> after the thing blew up in his face. All of that. Yeah, and and in fairness, I mean, if he makes it right, he makes it right. But it just I, I don't yeah. know, man. Since that story came out, the guy just turned me the wrong way. Every time I watch him play, I just I get this. Have you guys already touched on side of me that I just want to punch him in the have face? Have we already talked about Molinari? At the same time, though, like if you agree to a deal, you agree to a deal. Sort of. Yeah, but the guy won the tournament with this dude who like was just a regular caddy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably didn't even speak English. <laughs> yeah, I gotta find his nickname. I gotta find it. All right. Well, on on the note of of long shots here, one guy I'm throwing out is Keith wow. Mitchell. And this dude won earlier in the year. Um, I, I fucking love the guy. He just hits fucking bombs. You want to talk about a guy that can, you know, play the long ball with the best of them? I don't know if there's too many guys outside of DJ that can outdrive Keith Mitchell. And I'm probably going to throw a little money on him. I saw he was at like 85 to 1 on a couple places. He's also um, and, and He's also a Georgia Bulldog. Uh, I don't know enough. Is that good or is that? As bad? in, he's going to be playing in his home play state. Oh wow! Oh, I didn't actually, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's yeah. he he played there plenty of times. I'm putting all ten dollars remaining in my bank account. I actually like it, man. I mean, he does play well. I mean, it's his first appearance, though, so you got to take that into account. But you know, it's. I just want to add one thing: Coocher's temporary caddy nickname El Tucan. Oh, I love, love that! It. Come on, love it. It's amazing. Anything with L gets me going. Um, I just asked this a second ago, but has anyone talked about Molinari yet? No. I was about yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, Molinari at 20-1. to 1, He just won the Arnold Palmer earlier this year in pretty dominating fashion. Uh, looked like an absolute baller uh, kind of the whole tournament, but especially coming down the stretch. Uh, one of those European players, you know, they, they, they make their money on the greens. They don't always have, um, you know, outside of Rory – and, and maybe a couple others, they're not necessarily known for overpowering golf courses a lot like, like the Americans are. But, uh, no, I mean, Molinari, the way he's been playing this year, he's super stoic. I don't think he, he lets the pressure get to him whatsoever. But going back to sort of what I said about Fleetwood, the thing he doesn't have going for him is he, he doesn't hit the ball a long ways, and he, and he plays a little power fade. So that, that doesn't really play well at Augusta. But he's also had plenty of good finishes there, so it's it, – you know, it's not like you can't play the golf course. Yeah. And, and the- I think Shakes makes a great point saying uh, the thing about the Europeans. Rory pretty much is the only one that ever tries to overpower a golf course. They're taught to just play. Well, the and they're also better, is, you know, play it around them. Don't aside from some of our it. specialists. But Molinar, you got to remember, he, he won the British Open last year. I mean, the pressure doesn't. He's already had yeah. all the oh, pressure. Yeah. And I mean, the Arnold Palmer is one of the biggest so non majors in America, you know, so he's. You know, all yeah. the national television, everyone's watching that tournament. All the biggest players are in that tournament. He sank a 60-footer. He was already going to win it anyways, and he sank a 60-footer on the last hole just to close it up. Like, he, he has that ability to, you know, to rise to the occasion for sure. But I don't think his game is super set up for this golf course. Speaking about uh, foreigners, not Europeans, who, who do play this golf course super, super well, someone that I always love to bring up sort of as a long shot also a major winner, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, uh, the South African. Mm-hmm. He is he's a badass. He hits the ball right to left, and he can hit the ball a whole hell of a long ways. Uh, definitely the the longest five eight player that there is on tour, no doubt about it. Yo, Rory's five eight though. Yeah, Rory, Rory, I, I, 
Keely, Keely just doesn't like Louie. I hate Louie. I can't wow. stand the guy. That he is, does, uh, but that's a, he makes a, a good point. Take, buddy. Not he makes a lot good of people point. don't like Louie Ustazen. No, yeah, I mean, he does, because he just pops up. He doesn't, like, he's never trending, nothing like that. It'll just pop up. He's kind of like Brennan Grace in a way. Like, Brennan Grace will play good in the U.S. Open. He'll play good in the Masters. He'll play good in the British. He plays good in all the majors, but he's nowhere else the rest of the year. And that annoys me. You Sounds got, like need, you just don't uh, yeah, like South does, Africa. You do seem a little bit I, Not way. the big very, easy. Very Shout out Ernie Els. One of the best. Uh, Keely. Talk to us a little bit about your DraftKings lineup. Son, it took, it took me a while to get this Is that thing right. that confidential information? It took me a while to get this thing right, but I think I think we're, we're looking good. I'm rounding it out with the coolest golfer to ever walk the face of the earth. And Harrison <clears throat> and Jakes, I hope you both know who I'm talking about here. But I'll start at the top. We got Rory. Uh, 11,600 for that bad boy. Next, we got Richard Flowers, 9,700. Jordo, 8,900. Then it gets a little skinny down the bottom, but uh, we got some good. We have a former, two former Masters champions out of the three here, but Zach Johnson usually plays pretty well at Augusta. Uh, What's he have? Two green jackets, too? Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Exactly. He's, uh, you can get him at the low price of $6,900. Uh, nice. Then we got Kisner, who I think is just nails. I'd love to, I'd love to just continue to talk about him, but he's just nails. 6700 bucks. And then the coolest golfer to ever... Walk the face of the earth. Harrison Jakes, do you know who I'm referring to here? Let's hear it. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. You think Tiger Woods would be this low? Get out of my face. <laughs> Jakes. Suspense who was going for ever walk the earth? Freddie Nothing? Couples. Freddie fucking Couples. Yeah. That's who it is. Yeah. 6,200 bucks. Masters champion. Coolest guy in the world. Best also the swing. world's worst Just bet. out there having a hell of a time. <laughs> world, world the thing, world's greatest it's held together by worst back. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I worst mean, back held together by I, two, I feel two like, fix. Like five out of the last seven years, he he has been on top of the leader, not on top, but on the top leaderboard after yes. rounds one and two. Yeah, going yeah, yeah, into exactly. the weekend. So it's 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 he yeah. has game, but no, nah, I mean you know, I'm I'm convinced that if no, they, Freddie won't win it. I'm convinced if they, but let Freddie will be Freddie. There. Take a golf cart to play this tournament, he would win. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. No, because How it's not. It wouldn't be cool to do that. Oops. Okay. So Mr. He never Mr. Traditional. Golf I think it would guy. be cool as fuck to do that. <laughs> How old uh, is Freddie? Well, uh, Freddie. Freddie isn't even. Freddie's not even sixty. Oh, of There's course no he's one. not sixty. He's barely over fifty, right? Yeah, I think that's right. But I mean, I'd say he's fifty-four. We'll get people. He, he looks him. like he's fucking seventy. Well, he's oh, still fucking your bitch. He's fit. He's fit. He's fi- <laughs> yo. He'll fuck this shit up. <laughs> but he's fifty-nine. That's true. Um, well, let's wrap this up with. Uh, we kind of touched upon it earlier on, but kind of uh, 
overlooming, overarching question is: Will uh, Will Ricky ever get it done? Uh, no. So who, men- take, who mentioned it? Who it. mentioned it recently? He's gonna have, he's gonna be like Sergio. He's gonna he's just not gonna win. Damn, he's not gonna win a major tournament until he's like forty years old or thirty in his like late thirties. Yeah, but he doesn't have he doesn't have like the grit like Sergio had. Like he Sergio just didn't care. He was remember he came out and said, "I just don't think that I'll ever win a major." Like four mm-hmm. five years before he before he won the Masters. Yeah, he just didn't care. But Ricky's like, "I want to win." They were even already tossing up quotes this week. Like I've I haven't been in this form. I feel like they do. I mean, I, I already I've said this though. This good the, the thing that's going to cost Ricky in every major until he grows up and learns to minimize the bad holes. That's that's what makes a major champion. That's why Tiger Woods won fucking fourteen of them. You you just can't have sixes on the scorecard and and every weekend, Ricky has four of them. You know, uh, you can't make double mm-hmm. bogeys. You can't make triple bogeys. He balloons at least once every tournament, and it's closer to five times. And you're, you're just not going to win. When you're playing the best golfers on their best form, on the hardest golf courses, on the with the biggest stakes, you can't afford to have that happen. And, and until until I see Ricky, you know, really until he wins one, of course I'll be proven wrong. I would love if it was this weekend. But until he puts four rounds together without without the big blow up, you know, it's, it's hard to say he's going to do it. God damn, I love that take. I love it. Yeah. All right, so uh, no for Ricky. On on the quick note of Sergio, how many balls is he going to hit into the water this year? <laughs> nah, he's got good form again. He's back a little bit. He's not Masters form, but he's back a little bit. He ain't ain't nothing going in the water. That was great though. Let's fucking hope not, for the sake of all the fans yeah. and everyone watching and his at home. Daughter Azalea. I mean, come on, named it after the Masters. Like that's that classic. Shout out Azalea. Well, uh, this concludes All right. our Masters preview. Keely, we, yeah, you got something? All right. Yo, man. one more. Keep an eye on my man Siwoo Kim. Siwoo? Uh, he was playing pretty hot last week. Siwoo? Siwoo? Yeah, he looked good last weekend. Uh, yeah, and he's got a nice swing. Sean Foley's his uh, coach. He, he, sw- he grips it and Sean rips it, Foley. dude. He grips it real hard. Woo. That boy who's can play, have, and he can roll it a little bit too. This going into this week. What'd you say? Who's gonna Who's gonna be rocking the most steez going into the week? I'll tell you who's not Bryson. I'll tell you that much. But uh, I don't know. Most steez? Uh, not Not really sure about. Not really sure what Marion Webster has to say about that word, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you got you got to go with JT. The dude, the dude has a, the finest polo outfits made. He's a every fucking child. I think uh, I think Adam Scott's always pretty swagged out. Oh, oh what a handsome yeah, devil! That a handsome guy. Remember when he won the Masters and he had a huge zit on his How face? How many beers? <laughs> people, people don't forget. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what Harry remembers. And Stevie, guy, Wo- guy and Stevie Williams called that... it the greatest victory he's ever had. On the <laughs> that day. is a lot. Right, <laughs> Nice fucking nice dig, douchebag. Well, uh, Mr. Keels, you're more than welcome to stick around for some March Madness and, uh, and MLB, but I know you got some dishes to wash. It's up to you. Uh, but it was a goddamn pleasure talking Masters with you. Doc, I enjoyed it. I do have dishes. Uh, 
can't let those flies get going. And I got to, uh, I got to make sure my garlic sauce is stacked up for tomorrow. I got to grease. Don't my hand don't now, set so the place on fire, Keely. This is gonna be. A... Oh no, we can't we can't mention fires. <laughs> burn it down. Burn this track down. Yo, Tom, right. you good, dog? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm still dying from the garlic sauce. <laughs> You got that Papa John's. <laughs> Better ingredients. Papa John's. All right, brother. It was it was a pleasure. We all right, thanks, Brian. Peace, kills. Peace. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's just run through a quick March Madness and uh, MLB update, recap and update, I should say. Uh, keep it brief. Harry's got a fine dining to go to. I do. <clears throat> uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess first and foremost, shout out Kathleen. Um, Winner of our pool. How did that happen? We don't. Uh, the only one out of thirty entries to pick UVA, so that's how it happened. Good job, Kathleen. Uh, you got a pat like, on the back or something. She's Gold like star. A, she's like a low key uh, uh, UVA fan. Maybe. I, I mean, fuck it. Now I am. I mean, what What they did this year was pretty incredible. Um, there will be a thirty for thirty out on it. Bet your ass we that ESPN's writing this up. We literally trekked through the fucking streets of Lisbon to get to the UVA game. Like, she was so keen on it. Well, I mean, good for her because she had a lot riding on it, and now Fuck she yeah. can fucking hold it over our heads for the next, I don't know, And for the listeners, year. she gave us her bank account and social, so we're going to make sure that we wire her some money for the winnings. For sure, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, Tom, you're, you're, uh, you're right on point with uh, kudos to UVA. I'm excited to see whether it's in fucking five weeks or five years, uh, the documentary that comes out, having been taken down by a number 16 seed last year and taking it all away to the fucking... Uh, not, just the, so. not just the uh, yeah, number I one mean, seed losing to a 16 seed. We, we, every time we say that, we have to remember to bring up that they lost to a team called the Golden Retrievers. Uh, like, <laughs> do not ever fail to mention that. But at the same time, um, I saw a stat today that... With under 30 seconds to go, their last three games, uh, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and the championship game, they were they were down by at least two points with 30 seconds to go in all three of those games, and they won all three of them. That's, that's pretty impressive. Never say die. Right. Yeah. That's the, the, the style that they did it with was unbelievable, just like the, the grit. And it was, it was that chip on their shoulder that we talked about in our, our March Madness preview. Um, it, it it was just incredible from the Diakite put back to force OT against Purdue. Uh, Kyle guys ice cold three free throws against um, Auburn, and then DeAndre Hunter last night just took over the game and showed everyone well, he's a lottery why pick. he's going to yeah. be a lottery pick. Yeah, it, it's going to go Zion, John Morant, Jared, Jared and Colbert. then DeAndre um, Hunter. And Culver will be in there too. I'll Culver say this about UVA, you know. Uh, well, t- lottery is technically top three, top five. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, at, the, at the like for I the first say, time, man, I was extremely impressed with the Texas Tech team. <clears throat> I, I like through and through. I had no. They're long. They're long. They're athletic. They're defensive. They're they're active. Yeah. I mean, they really. I think as far as like mixing up front and back courts. I mean, clearly they got that far for a reason, but yeah, they were they were a lot more of a complete team than than most anyone was giving them credit for. That's for sure, and mm-hmm. it, and it definitely showed throughout the tournament. And 
you know, up until the end, they they kind of steamrolled over their opponents. I mean, it wasn't yeah, a including Gonzaga, but you know, Buffalo, Michigan, Gonzaga. I mean, they took down a pretty hard fucking bracket of uh, of teams. I was I was honestly I was kind of rooting for them, um, just because I had fucking. Did you guys see the video? I don't. I think I might have posted it of the uh, the streets. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Out of Texas Tech, pandemonium. Like, you know, they're playing they're playing Old Town Road, and kids had just flipped the car. The shit was on fire. I was like, this is this is kind of cool. Like this first Final Four victory, they went on to go ahead and play in the final against UVA, and obviously lost, but. I mean, it was Not, a cool story all in itself. You know, you could do a subplot off of the fucking UVA uh, documentary all in itself. Yeah, and I mean, not to take away from Virginia, I mean, kudos to them. Uh, the biggest issue for Texas Tech was that their like leading defender, Tariq Owens, followed out with like seven, six or seven minutes left in the game. Um, and from that point on, it was just like, uh, they, it, they were just a little lost, it seemed, on defense. And I think that directly translated into DeAndre Hunter being open for that game-tying three-pointer. And, you know, obviously UVA just turned it up in overtime and and kind of put him away. So it, it did kind of it – was, it was tough to see that. Um, a fifth-year graduate transfer, kind of the heart and soul of this team aside from Jarrett Culver. Um, and, you know, he was tearing up on the court and all this and that. So tough, tough break for Texas Tech, but you're right um, – they definitely surprised me, and I think they surprised, pr- frankly, the country at their, I mean, their run this year. Not to I mean, we've, hang we've their given, head on. You know, we made it a point to give UVA their due, but I will say this. Uh, there there aren't many players that I, I hate watching play basketball more than Kyle Guy. Uh, that little that sleeve on his leg pisses me off. But, man, when it comes, when it comes to hitting important shots, tough shots – open shots you know he I don't know what his stock is going to be as an NBA player probably not that great but there there aren't many players in college basketball that hit them when they have to more than Kyle Guy so that's there's a lot to say about that um even little you know runners in the lane high off the glass step backs from the baseline three pointers I mean he he can do it all so it's 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 pretty impressive and to to expand on that UVA hit their last 15 free throws that's how you win ball in the games. second half and overtime. That's, yeah, like, that's yeah, how, that's yeah, exactly. How you do it. That's how you win. Damn. Well, um, before we wrap this up, until next year, gentlemen, you guys have any last shout-outs or highlights from this year? Uh, yes. Madness? Welcome back to Tennessee, Rick Barnes. Uh, that was scary. That was a scary couple days with uh, UCLA courting him extremely hard. Um, I know everyone in Tennessee has been shitting their britches for the last couple days, but. Uh, big boy, bad Philip Philip Fulmer, uh, our AD, the champion in Tennessee. He he did what was right. He got Rick Barnes back. UCLA shit their pants nationally, and now they have signed some shit ass coach from Cincinnati that has, I think he's gone to one Sweet Sixteen in fifteen years. So uh, sucks to be uh, a UCLA Bruin right now. Go balls. <laughs> all right, all right. Well. <clears throat> With the end of March Madness, we also kind of rolled in and transitioned <coughs> to the kickoff of the 2019 MLB season. So, uh, Tom is here to talk to us while well, the rest of the crew is here. Uh, but Tom's going to kick us off here with some of the teams that he sees uh, are going to be hot this season or here just kind of at the beginning of the season, and then some teams for concern. 
So, um, lasagna, take it away. Well, first and foremost, you got to give credit to the Seattle Mariners, who are 10-2 and right now and are just on an offensive tear. They have set a new MLB record for the most home runs through whatever 10 or 12 games they've played. Um, 35 total home runs to account for more than five runs per game, um, you know, a- including an early season sweep of the world champion Boston Red Sox, who we will get to shortly. Uh, but this team is doing it right now offensively, and I don't know what's in the water up there in Seattle, but give me some of that because they are on a tear. 35 home runs. That's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, seriously. Also, to, to kind of put it into perspective. Or no, that that there's no way. I, that's a typo. That's that, like, that, that can't be true. No, right? <laughs> I think it's runs. I don't know. Well, not important. I was going to bring up the fact that the we'll, we'll obviously discuss it, but fucking Mike Trout, I saw yesterday, does he have six home runs? Uh, no, he had six and a five-game yeah, stretch, he, brother. He went okay. he went like 0 for in his first few games. And nice, so he's probably now about like, 10 home runs so far. He can't swing the bat without Speaking hitting Speaking of 0 for, let's feet, not forget to so. mention Chris Davis here in a little bit, but continue, Tom. Yeah, we'll we'll bring him up in the concerned category. Um, <laughs> but if you want to keep talking, if you want to keep talking dingers, um, Bryce Harper has proven thus far to be every penny that he signed for in Philly. Classic and bitch. He's he's a a big part of the reason they're atop of the NL East at seven and two. Um, they're actually playing the Nationals again tonight, and he already had another home run. Um, and and I just fucking love to see this. This is good for baseball. Uh, start the rivalry. The The whole NL East this year is super competitive between the Phillies. Uh, the Nationals are still hanging around. They are you know, trying to show everyone that they're still relevant. And obviously with Max Scherzer, they can't be pushed around. But um, got to love the Phillies. And lastly, probably the biggest surprise um, who I've been high on this whole offseason, but they're kind of proving me right now, is the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, who quietly have are atop the AL East right now, and it's due to their pitching. Um, they actually got kind of smacked around a little bit today. Still pulled out a 10-5 win, uh, but led by AL Cy Young reigning, uh, reigning Cy Young, Blake Snell. Um, their bullpen has the lowest ERA at 1.80 through this early season, uh, which is pretty fucking incredible considering the division they play in. Um, as well as the competition they've drew thus far. And they the, the interesting thing about the Rays is that they've started this new trend of bringing in a reliever to start and having the starter purposefully only go two or three innings. And it's, it's kind of changing how teams prepare for the Rays, and it gives them a lot of options to sort of change around um, a, a lot of different things from their... You know their approach to who, what, what pitchers are going to face who, um, and, and it makes other teams have to prepare for that too. In terms of, okay, we're going to see the starter two or three times, and then go from there. Um, so, yeah, I'll just end it there. So, Mariners, Phillies, Rays—that's who's hot. It's um, not concern. Who's not the Boston Red Sox? I will just continue right now. The Red Sox fell today in their home opener. They had their ring ceremony. 
and then Chris Sale got smacked around again like a dirty little bitch. Um, the Red Sox are now three and nine, still n- nursing that World Series hangover. Um, and I don't know what's wrong. Well, I know what's wrong. Our starting pitching sucks from top to bottom. Everyone, it, I don't know if they forgot that it's like BP or if they're actually playing. I can't fucking deal with it anymore. They need to figure their shit out. I got a quick announcement. I got to jump. I'm sorry, but I need to jump. Uh, but I do want to make a quick announcement. I'll be back in San Francisco next week. So we'll be back on uh, back on track. We'll be back in the regular stew. And uh, we got to talk about NHL playoffs next week. So yes. I got I got I got to run boys. I love you all. I'll talk to you this yeah, week during the Masters, but uh It was great having you on. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming. You're by. welcome. You're welcome. I, you know, I'm a little discombobulated these days. Later, Harry. Cutting your pants this okay. week. Yeah. All right. You're getting. I will talk to you boys later. To all the listeners, I apologize for not being able to stick later, it out. Later, later. Send me. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Bye. Tom, all right, Tom, Brent. Brent, Tom. do you uh, do you want to pick up on this poor soul, Chris Davis? Yeah. Um. So Chris Davis, uh, Baltimore Orioles first baseman. Um, FYI, if you are unemployed right now, send in your resume to the Baltimore Orioles. They need a first baseman who can hit anything. Uh, this guy could not hit water if he fell out of a boat. He just uh, set uh, the MLB record for most hitless at-bats uh, for a position player. I think he started the season 0 for 44 thus far. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's always been notorious for having a lot of strikeouts. Even still, you can't give a guy like this this many plate appearances and expect him to just figure it out. This guy needs to go to double A. This guy needs to go. I mean, back it's to like, it's like anything, like and, and figure you know, it a out. basketball. You know, once you see the ball go in the hoop, once you make contact. You, you do, you know, you start building confidence. You just start seeing pitches better. He does need to get, be sent down for sure. Um, I can't believe that they haven't done it thus far, but it's bound to happen this week, I'm sure. Um, it's, it's, it's incredible at this point. I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I said if you gave me 45 at-bats, I could for sure get on base. Like, period. Uh, maybe. Maybe if you got hit by a pitch. But I would uh, lean into a fucking a pitch point. in 45 at-bats. Well, that that's a good point, Gardner. I don't know why they're not just like, look, dude, fucking bunt the ball because we know you're not going to hit it, and at least you'll see the ball hit the bat. Or that would be lean into it, do something, flop flop around out there like a dead fish. <clears throat> God damn, participate. Uh, and then and then lastly, just to wrap up the who's not of the early MLB season, the Chicago Cubs. They're just three and seven. Um, and they they have pitching problems, but it's not from the front end, but rather their bullpen. Their bullpen is just there, there's another place if you have an extra job application or you just redid your resume, send it in to be a relief pitcher for the Chicago Cubs because they are looking for any and all options at this point to help stop the bleeding. Um, I, I I like the Cubs. I want to like the Cubs, um, but they have a few things to figure out before we start considering them again as I mean a, if I'm not mistaken they just got swept you know. twice I know they got swept by the Braves um that it is a rough look uh but it's a long season you don't want to the thing about baseball is uh you, you can't win the division in in April 
and it's tough to say that you can lose it, but you can certainly put yourself in a hole, um, and, and they are in one, that's for sure. Right. I mean, you look at the Cubs and the Red Sox, and those are two teams that uh, they're not used to you know, getting to after the All-Star break, and then it's like, all right, it's one thing to be in contention, but it's another thing to be eight to ten games back and have to dig your way up. So, like you said, you're right. We are early. You know, there's 150 games left. Um, but I just want to give you all a little quick update of what's what. Um, side note, we are betting baseball every day. Don't think the gambling stops. In fact, it just got you started. You want action. Head. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I'm just heating up. I'm good. For those you know you, I'm good. For those of you I'll start posting my picks. The MLB season is like 375 <clears throat> days long, so a lot of betting. Give or take. Uh, but on that note, if you want picks, you want legit handicapping, head over to Capper's Place. They, they're what's good in this industry. They are 100% honest. They are transparent with all their picks. They will not screw you guys. They do it right over there, and they're taking this, you know, as gambling becomes legal across the entire country, it's just it's like weed. It's bound to happen. Uh, these guys are getting their foot in the door now. And they're doing it the right way. So that's Capper's Place. Find them on Instagram. Find them online at Capper'sPlace.com. You will not be disappointed. Shout out my Big dude, Jay. Gardner? Oh, shit. All right. Um, Brent, you're still there. All right. Looks like we lost Gardner. Fucking everyone's dipping out early tonight. So I will go ahead and kick off buzzer beaters. Um, I guess I'll start. My buzzer beater is Bud Light. And so if you were watching the national championship last night, you would have seen the Bud Knight commercial where they reincarnated the Bud Knight just like they do Game of Thrones style with Jon Snow, like to the T. And I'm kind of over this whole Bud Light riding Game of Thrones coattails just to make They aren't a few the only ones, bucks. by the way. It was no, well, that, that's the thing. Game of Thrones is so goddamn big right now that everyone's trying to get I, I their see, two I cents see dragons and, and make and a like buck off them. one out of every five commercials. No, yeah, I, that's you're, you have a fair point there. It's everywhere. They're in New York. They're on Tonight Show. It's, it's arguably the biggest media tour of all time, and rightfully so because it's probably the biggest most, television event know, in history, really. It, yeah, yeah, and and that's all good and well, but like... For everything Bud Light's been doing from, you know, they had their initial Game of Thrones stuff in the Super Bowl. That was fun. That was funny. And then they they went on this just slander campaign like there's some, you know, healthy light beer all of a sudden without corn syrup and that whatever bullshit. Uh, okay, Capper's I get it. Place. And yes. now they're going back Don't to Thrones again. It's like, all right, dude, you already used that joke. Like, come on. And so... My allegiances are now wide open for all types of light beer. Uh, I recommend um, Bush Light. I know, <laughs> I know where you stand. Um, I'm thinking it's Miller time. I don't know. But um, next weekend at the bar, I will not be drinking um, Bud Light. Well said. I completely agree. Um, I'm fed up with the Bud Light commercials, both on the corn syrup side and the Game of Thrones side. With that said, I can't fucking wait for this Sunday uh, for Game of Thrones. You know, we have a huge weekend coming up. You know, you got Master True. Sunday, and then, you know, we, we won't have to wait long before 
before the uh, Game of Thrones premiere. So it's going to be a big weekend. Uh, that being said, um, I don't have a whole lot as far as music history goes, but I do have, um, you know, just just want to shout out that there are some big albums coming out. Uh, obviously, Cage the Elephant has, we've already touched on that. They have a new album that they just finished. Uh, they were r- wrapping that up today, uh, hitting the production side. Also, the Rack and Tours are back. They just played their first show and announced their first tour in 10 years. Uh, but but mainly, uh, kind of the biggest thing happening right now, I don't even know the rapper's name, but what is the, Tom, I'm going to take it to you on this, what is the Cowboys song with Billy Ray Cyrus? That's what's going to play us out tonight. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, Old Town Road Old Town remix. Road remix. That is it. With, uh, by Lil Nas X and That's it. Billy Ray Cyrus. All right, All right take it easy. Like Later, Tom. Peace. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Nah. Sports car. Got no stress. I've been through all.